Welcome to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Prep Sports Reporter Brian Mosey. Brian, we delayed this podcast today, and I'm glad we did because everything has changed since we would have recorded on Wednesday. But it's been a hectic day trying to do stories today. But how how are you hanging in there? Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been it's been one crazy of a week. It started this weekend um, when. Uh, I got tested positive for COVID, so that kind of ruined the whole week. <laughs> and then about two, well, I got tested the following day and found out Wednesday that I also tested positive for COVID. So, so it's been really good for the sports team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're uh, luckily we do this remotely anyway. We we record this over Zoom, so luckily that doesn't have to change this week. But how we're covering games this week has changed. I know on. Uh, Tuesday when we had section football that we'll get to later in the show. Um, you had four screens up at once following four different games. I was following on and off to some of the games, and now um, for, now we have section finals that we're going to discuss as well on Friday that uh, we'll have three games going on or three different games. Not Two of them are section finals that we're going to follow along to from only remotely because we can't be out in public. So it's it's a time, that's for sure. God, God bless Dave Schwartz. We just got to say that. That man, he's been able to at least keep the sports coverage rolling, at least in a sense. And so he, he went to the Albany game on Tuesday, and he'll be heading out to Ricori on, on Friday for that game. But it's just, yeah, it's been a very interesting week. And I know for both of us, we were kind of, you know, we were happy because there was a little bit of a silver lining in the sense that we were going to get back after Thanksgiving. Uh, we were going to be out of our quarantine, but now we can't even watch football next weekend because there won't be any. So, um, but is what it is, I guess. Just bad timing when it comes to to getting COVID. But luck- yeah, apparently, yeah. Okay. luckily we're both doing okay. Yes, apparently the, we've learned there's no good timing to get COVID, contrary to popular belief. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this whole smell and taste thing is not ideal. We'll just yeah, say. I've I've been asymptomatic. I've been lucky, but my fiance also had the same thing with the smell and taste for a couple days too. And yeah, it, it does not sound pleasant. We're on day five and I'm like, I, I have so much like candy and stuff that people like, I got a care package and stuff, which was really nice, but it's full of like candy. I can't even taste it. I'm like, this is great. So, but the beyond us getting COVID, the biggest <laughs> news to come out this week, um, governor walls, 6 PM press conference last night that I'm sure anyone listening to this probably has an idea of or saw, but uh, just to recap, that sports are on a pause for four weeks starting Friday at 11.59 p.m. Um, it was very confusing throughout the week because people kept saying, you know, it's going to pause Friday at midnight. Did that mean heading into Saturday? Did that mean coming out from Thursday? But we learned it's after Friday. So teams are going to try to all get their section finals in um, Friday now for football. Um, a lot of them had games that were scheduled for Saturday for the semifinals. Instead, a lot have taken the initiative and um, taken the one and two seeds that were left in every case, basically, or um, the highest seeds that were left, matched them up against each other to create kind of a, a so to speak, section final, even though teams like Ricori, they haven't, the section final will be their only postseason game, but it's one of those weird years. But um, yeah, so that'll be happening. Also, um, something that else can kind of affect people is that all of indoor workout places, um, which also a lot of them include pools, different things. Those are all going to be closed. Um, so for athletes that were getting ready for basketball and for hockey too, um, and swimming, all those sports 
are gonna it's gonna be a weird stretch here where they can't really even you know it's it's winter so you can't I mean it's a little nicer today but you can't really get outside and do stuff and then also um, there's nothing inside to do so Brian just kind of what was your takeaway I know you talked to a couple people right away after this news and just how this is gonna affect our winter sports starting up yeah I think a lot of I think heading into the early part of the week I think a lot of people were thinking maybe football would be left alone um, just because um, it's outdoors. Um, there were quite a bit of outbreaks. I mean, when they, when they announced the outbreaks, I think hockey was number one. Um, I believe uh, volleyball was number two, and then it was football for number three. And then I think it was like basketball and soccer after that. Um, but I think people were kind of hoping that maybe football would just kind of be pushed away just because it was an outdoor event. Um, but obviously not the case. Um, volleyball will not be able to finish out their section tournament. They were supposed to be starting out, um, right after Thanksgiving. Um, and now that will be the case, uh, with their season finishing up on Friday. They, there are a couple sections that are doing kind of like a four team, um, I don't know, like a four team tournament in a sense. And they take the top four teams in the section and duke it out for a section title in a sense. Um, but certain sections are doing it. Certain sections aren't. Um, but yeah, I mean, right after, uh, the, the news kind of was let go last night, I, I spoke to a few people. I spoke to, uh, um, Joel Baumgarten, um, from Recori. He's the activities director for Recori. And he kind of said, you know, it is, it's a sad day. I mean, obviously as activities directors, you want to, you want to make sure that there's, uh, opportunities for these kids to play and, you know, they've been, <laughs> I commend every single, uh, I applaud every single activities director because it has been a challenging year um, with everything, with schedules being being done, having to do all the different guidelines and follow the rules and all this other stuff. It has been a challenge for a lot of these activities directors. And I mean, they make our lives a lot easier because they have everything set up and good to go for us when we're good, when we, we when we head over there. Um, but like, honestly, we're the least part of their lives in the sense of anything, because they're just so focused on trying to keep these kids safe and trying to give them opportunities. But in any sense, he was very sad. Um, but he knows that, you know, I also talked to, um, I, I also talked to a couple other ADs and they said, you know, it's, 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 it's a pause. It's not the end of the season. You're not talking about winter being done. The winter season will come back on December 18th hopefully. And, uh, and after that you have the rest of your season to do. And I mean, for them, that means an entire month and a half of, of, uh, winter sports, which is still quite a bit compared to what it could be. So, um, so I think, I think there's a lot of obviously sadness because, you know, like for instance, Brian Hines, I was talking to him from Albany. He's the volleyball coach for Albany. And he was talking about how it's, it's sad to, to not have your section tournament and, but they've also knew that every single day you get to play volleyball is a, is a blessing because you never know when it's going to end. And if you have that mentality, I think it, it softened the blow in a sense um, when this news came out, but obviously it's, it's never going to make everything better. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was definitely the overall consensus is, is it's sad, but also they understand the stipulation because cases are on the rise. I mean, Minnesota is not a good place right now when it comes to COVID, when it goes to COVID numbers. So you need to do something. Otherwise it's just going to skyrocket and we're going to be out of hand, out of hand quickly. 
Yeah, I agree. And I know, I think we had a story yesterday that St. Cloud is the 12th highest growing city for COVID cases in the country. Uh, and just from this podcast, you can see 100% of us have it right now. So um, it's definitely just, so, it's becoming just way more common. I mean, you see the graphs and they're just out of control right now. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me too much. Something was going to have to change at some point. The one thing that, um, and like you said, I think people have been from a couple coaches I talked to, they're, they're relatively positive. Um, you know, like I said, they are disappointed. And I talked to Jason Allen of Apollo basketball and it was interesting from him because they got it. They were the the team that was the most affected by it last year in the area. And now it's already, on, they have a lot of kids that graduated pretty young team. They want to get ready. He already had, you know, been scouting Wilmer who they were going to play December 3rd, 4th. Um, and I already had his practice plans for the first two weeks. Well, those are out the window now because there's, there's going to be no practice for a month, but you know, he said he was at first, he was just kind of mad, not at generally anyone just at the situation, just because um, it's just something you can't, you can't control. But, you know, he said he's trying to keep a positive attitude because the, his players, they kind of feed off the head coach's emotion. So if he's negative about it, they're going to be negative about it and frustrated. So um, he's trying to stay positive. He said he took a lot of uh, kind of lessons from Apollo's football coach, Michael Beeler, who they had to not practice for two weeks during their football season um, and he was really positive throughout all of that and, you know, helped the guys stay motivated. So they're talking about that. Jason Anderson from Sartell Swimming I talked to, too, who I wanted to get perspective from because the like swimming, you literally can't swim now, a lot of them, for, for a month until this these sanctions get lifted. Um, and he said, you know, it's, it's going to be hard, but they're still just staying motivated. They still, once they can start again, they want to be practicing, you know, every day, those Saturday practices, early morning practices to – to be ready, train like there is going to be a state tournament, even though there probably won't be, like the fall sports. Um, he said they just want to keep that mentality. So, I mean, they, he said they're really resilient. Um, these kids are, have grown a lot throughout all of this, and he thinks once they're, once they're back, they'll be ready to go. But, yeah, that was kind of like you said from the coaches you talked to. It's, it's a pause, not a cancellation, which um, over the last eight months, that's, I'd say that's a win compared to most. Yeah, and- kind of similar to, to the swimming pools. I mean, the hockey rinks are also closed. And to, I, I spoke to Derek Brown from Cathedral Boys Hockey, and then I also spoke to Tony Holcomb um, from the St. Cloud Icebreakers girls hockey team. And um, for Tony, I mean, feel for the guy. He, he just got hired as the head coach this year. And, um, you know, he's getting all excited to meet all the players that he's going to, you know, start forming a tradition and a program with and going to have to put that on hold for a few weeks. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very interesting how things are going. And I mean, I think the one thing we need to realize is, is, you know, I I know a lot of coaches said this to me yesterday was you got to look at the whole picture. I mean, you're looking at, you know, St. Cloud, like you said, 12th highest in cases and such. I mean, that's nothing to joke about. I mean, it's, it's not good. And, um, I, I guess if, if it needs to be where, you know, you have to be on pause for a few weeks because, and, and it's hard because you look at it and you're like, okay, you're sacrificing kids opportunities for, you know, four weeks. It's like, you know, it's hard. I mean, it is, it's, it's very hard to, and, and, you know, listening to the governor last night, you can tell that it's taken a toll. I mean, he's not happy about the situation, but you got to do what you got to do, you know? And, um, so I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be, I think they're still going to be able to be allowed to do virtual. Sounds like that's the case. They're going to be able to virtually, you know, do zoom calls and things like that. 
And so a lot of these coaches that are winter coaches, they'll be trying to figure out plans where they can do team bonding activities, get their mental toughness up, you know, all this other stuff, possibly give them some workout plans that they could do out on their own outside or whatever. Um, just different things like that, that maybe they could continue to keep working at, especially for, you know, like, like swimming and like hockey. I mean, you got to learn how to skate. I mean, you got to get your skating power done. Can't do that when you're not on a rink. And then same with swimming. I mean, you got to get your conditioning down. Well, you can't really get your condition. I mean, you can get your conditioning down in other ways, but in the swimming pool, you can't do that until you hop back in the pool at the end of December. So it'll be a very interesting period. I know December 18th, is definitely a time where, you know, they're starting to get into like a two week pause because of Christmas and new Year's. So maybe it's a good opportunity where they can start back up and start, you know, practicing nonstop so that they're ready to go by January, but we'll see what happens. I, I mean, no one knows at this point. Yeah. And well, that is a good time to start getting some practices. It's, you know, the, the busiest time of the year for people getting together and having big gatherings. So um, I guess we'll see by that point if people, take this seriously. And I know a lot of the, the um, kind of Twitter accounts from some of the teams, you know, they're trying to stay positive. They're also saying, Hey, follow these rules for the next four weeks. Cause if you don't, we're not going to get our seasons at all. Yep. Um, if things don't get better, it's, we're going to continue to not play. So um, hopefully everyone can kind of rally around that, get through this stretch of, of it getting a lot worse and hopefully we can kind of come out better um, on the other side as we get into the winter season. But yeah, like you said, um, football is going to be wrapping up tomorrow. We're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here. I think now that we've kind of, unless you have one more thing you want to talk about, Brian, I just was going to let people know. I mean, if you, if you have a chance, go on SCTimes.com. Zach and I have been hounding out articles like candy today <laughs> True. Uh, with just, we had some reaction stories from the coaches. Like we've been talking about on this podcast. We're also doing a preview heading into the football games tomorrow. Um, as well as probably some scoreboard updates throughout the next couple of days um, with volleyball heading or finishing up their season today, tonight and tomorrow, as well as football tomorrow. And then um, it was actually kind of cool. I got to do a cool timeline piece um, that was actually kind of interesting. I went all the way back to March and kind of went through all of the different things that has made bumps in the road with, regarding the world or the sports world. And um, you know, from, from when Apollo was, you know, got the news on, I think it was March 13th that everything was shut down and there was going to be no more sports or state tournaments in the winter, um, to, you know, the shutdown of the spring season in April and, you know, going into the summertime and then being able to have the approved of, of the fall seasons. And then, you know, football being put it football and volleyball putting, going to spring and then coming back to fall so just a lot of stuff that's been happening. So definitely check out sctimes.com for a lot of coverage. We'll be at, we'll be adding a couple more stories along the way before our four week pause. Um, and then Zach and I will be doing a bunch of things. I don't know exactly what, <laughs> but we might, we'll, but we'll be doing a couple of things here and there regarding news, photography, different things like that. So we'll be around until this four week pause is done. Yep, and we'll have our all-metro teams come out next week, um, too, now that football and volleyball, we don't got to wait to wait till the end of the season because it's here. It's here. But, yeah, so um, thanks for adding that, Brian. That's good that, you know, people can know all the different um, ways they can follow along. But, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to take a quick break here, um, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about section first-round games on Tuesday, um, and we'll make our final picks of the season for the games tomorrow night. 
and welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report. We're going to wrap up a couple games um, that we picked. God, we probably didn't – did we even pick them on? We probably didn't even pick them on the air, did we? Since uh, Nope. Since, so you had to just take our word on it, but we all went undefeated, which <laughs> trust me, those two things are related. Uh, we had, That's not a good segue in, but <laughs> no, it's not. I realized that. I'm like, no, oh, we didn't say what we were picking, and then all of a sudden, boom, we all four of us went four and oh. It's funny how that worked, but yeah, we had section first round games since we had the brackets come out. I think they all came out Friday, correct? Um, one or two might have even came out Thursday for teams that played Wednesday, but. Yeah, we had Tech, Cathedral, Apollo, and Albany playing their first-round games on Tuesday. Like we said, we were stuck in our houses, so we watched the streams, listened on the radio, followed along on Twitter, did anything we could to kind of keep updated with the games. But, um, yeah, Albany, they won 62 to nothing. Um, I don't know how much more there is to say about the game than they won 62 to nothing. Brian, do you have anything insightful to add? You were the one that kind of took the lead on this one. <laughs> Well, the big thing was turnovers. They they forced 10 turnovers, seven fumbles, and three interceptions. Um, and they had seven turnovers in the first half. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really, really good defensive performance um, for them. And um, talking talking to some of the, the coaches and players, it sounded like when they put up a goose egg a, a against an opponent, they get cookies the next day. So, Yes, today at practice they get some nice, nice cookies uh, before their before their final game. But yeah, just a really, really good, well balanced machine for for the Huskies on on Tuesday. They had you know they had quite a bit of some uh, offensive power with uh, Tate Hoffarth had had the first few touchdowns. Um, he actually had three touchdowns with two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. Um, Isaiah Garrett's still doing great. Went three for four, had three touchdowns with his three passes. So, I mean, he's, he's like a machine when it comes to just how many passing touchdowns he has compared to how many throws he actually completes. I'm sure it's like, there's only probably one or two, two to one, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that didn't reach the end zone. Um, but no, it was just nice. Cause in the, in the second half, they were able to put out their um, kind of their JV squad in a sense. Um, and we were able to see like Carter Burr, Carter Burr. He had a, um, he had two touchdowns in the third quarter. And then, um, actually Isaiah Garrett's brother, uh, Tyson Garrett's, he actually was running the ball in the fourth quarter and actually scored a couple touchdowns there too. So just very, very balanced attack. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting when it comes to, uh, to peers on, on Friday. Yeah. Peers, they played cathedral at home. Um, they came out on top 28 to 19, but Cathedral, I'd say, put up their best effort of the season, um, tied with Piers, who's undefeated. They're about a 20 game win streak going, I think, and they're uh, fourth in Class 3A, um, the two seed in this section behind Albany. So, um, and on the road to be able to put that kind of defensive performance up for most of the game, they were tied seven to seven at the half. Um, Jack Pelzel had a great game at quarterback, he threw three touchdowns. Um, two to Max Henke, which one came in that first half. And then uh, Piers, Michael Leidenfrost, he had a he had a good game on the ground for them, um, over 150 yards rushing, and he scored two touchdowns um, in that third quarter. Uh, Cathedral came back and scored, and then Piers went on about a 10-minute drive. Or maybe not 10, but it was about eight or nine minutes um, to kind of kill the rest of the clock in that fourth quarter. Cathedral got a late touchdown, but um, came up short, but still a good effort by them. Um, and and uh, kind of shows that peers can be scored upon. Um, they can have the ball thrown on them a little bit, which Albany's shown when they do throw the ball. 
um, they can convert on that too. So I think that'll be a really fun game. We've been kind of expecting that to be the section final all year as those two teams are both undefeated. Um, some of the only undefeated teams left in class three. A. So it's fun that those two are going to be able to square off a rematch of last year's section final that peers um, kind of took over in the fourth quarter and ended up winning by about 20 points over Albany. So um, they'll be playing at Sox center, I believe um, on their turf. So that should be a fun one on a neutral field, I'd say. Yeah, no, I, um, talking to Will Mergen for this preview, it, it sounded like basically the main thing for them was special teams. They, they, they had a lot of turnovers that towards the end of the game against peers last year. And he said, you know, we've been able to fix that. We feel like we have a really strong special teams unit that, that can really do some damage. Um, and he said it should be a much better game, um, than last time, but yeah, these two teams, uh, the last two times that they faced each other, I think it's the only two from what Mike Kleinschmidt said um, in program history. But um, Albany lost nine to nothing to Piers in the state quarterfinals in 2015, and then obviously the loss to Piers um, last year in the section championship. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it'll it'll be a good it'll be a good game. I know that for sure. I I think it, it's two big rushing offenses. Um, so it's basically going to be who's your who's your biggest guys in the center and, and just pound away and, and hopefully get a nice opening and we're able to score a touchdown. Yeah. And in the other two games that were on um, Tuesday night, Monticello beat tech 50 to 21. Sam Valor had five touchdowns in that game. Um, just kind of couldn't be stopped from Monticello. He had, um, I believe three rushing, a kick return and a receiving touchdown. Um, and they just were able to make big play after big play. Um, Tech was able to run the ball pretty strongly. Um, Tyree Martin, he had 182 yards rushing on 19 carries, and Derek Cox-Payton had 18 for 103 yards. Um, So they were able to to move the ball offensively, but the defense has kind of been the thing for Tech all year. They just haven't really been able to stop teams um, from making big plays a lot and breaking loose. So um, they fell, and they finished their season 0-5, and Apollo lost 42-0. They also finished their season 0-5, and that was the first time since 2011 um, they'd had a winless season in tech. I literally tried to look back like 30 years and could not find the last time they had a winless season. Um, I think I found in the, might've been the eighties. They had a winless conference season, but I couldn't find the overall record. And I gave up on Tuesday afternoon trying to figure out what that was. So, um, let's just say it's been a long, long time since they've had a season like that too. Both teams had a really, you know, they, they started the season, with losses and then each had two weeks of they couldn't practice because of COVID and, and, you know, only a six or seven week season, that's almost impossible to overcome when you face that obstacle. But um, they both still came back. They were able to finish their seasons at least and stay healthy down the stretch. And that was at least good to see they could play some more football. Yeah. They, I know for, I know for Apollo and tech, they have quite a bit of guys coming back and being able to, I know, I know for Apollo, I think they have pretty much every starter coming back. So definitely a, a good sign for, for that young, those young teams and being able to develop that program um, uh, and, and get ready for next year. I, I mean, I think all coaches are kind of hoping for just a normal year um, and being able to have your two a days in the summer and such. So we'll see what happens, but definitely a good sign for them um, next year with all this experience coming back and being able to, to compete in the central lakes conference. Yeah, and so going into uh, Friday's games now, so we had a couple of switch-ups. So Sartell and Bemidji was the one that was supposed to happen. Normally, they're still going to be playing, except they moved the game from um, Saturday at 2 p.m., I believe it was going to be, to now Friday at 7 p.m. 
Um, that one won't be for a section title. That will just be a, a normal game um, in class 5A, section 8. But in class 3A, section 6, and 4A, section 8, where we have Albany and Mercury, both of those two, um, those sections decided to move up the one and two seeds, just have them pitted against each other for that section final, which all four of the teams, um, Albany, Piers, Grand Rapids, and Mercury, all still undefeated, a combined 26-0. and So it's kind of awesome that we do get to at least see those matchups. They kind of just said, hey, heck with it. Let's just finish it up right now. Um, so, yeah. So first, I think we'll talk about um, the Ricori game, which is going to be the first to kick off. They'll kick off at 5 o'clock on Friday night. Um, I talked to Coach James Herberg this morning, and they just said, you know, they're happy that they can um, they can get a conclusion to their season. It's kind of a solid ending. At least it caps off somewhat. It's only one section game, but they're still going to get seven total games. Um, which is more than a lot of teams in the state this season. Um, and they're just excited to, to try to close it out. That game's actually going to be on their home field, um, which is kind of big. Originally, the section final was supposed to be in Alexandria, but it's going to be at the home field at Ricori, where um, in the last two years, they're 6-0 and and have given up, I believe, 20 total points. So they beat Grand Rapids 30 to nothing in sections last year, too, but um, Grand Rapids is undefeated this year. They beat their last opponent 89 to nothing. They beat Hibbing the previous week. Yeah, 89 to nothing. So um, either Grand Rapids is really, really good or Hibbing is just really, really bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm not sure either. You know, it's, it's the section is kind of crazy for this one because it's a lot of teams that are kind of close, like Wilmer, Little Falls. Um, you know, they're, they're somewhat in the area. And then you have Detroit Lakes and Grand Rapids, which is way not close. Yeah. <laughs> so they've, they play no teams that are similar to record. We have no idea what they're going to look like. Um, but it sounds like they have a lot of misdirection in their offense. They, they, ha- they use a lot of different offensive players. Um, and yeah, record, you know, they're just excited. They were able to open that home turf um, with a win, with a, a huge win, 28 to eight over Hutchinson that we were at that, we both said, I mean, this is easily the best they've looked all year. We've oh, seen them, we've seen them in person and on film. And yeah, coach said that a couple of the players I talked to say said that, I mean, they looked like a totally different team. Didn't you think? Yeah. I mean, for me, that was the first time I've ever seen Ricori play this year. Um, I've, I've been able to watch them a little bit on live streams here and there, but um, just talking to you, cause I know you covered them a couple of times before that game. Um, I think, I think easily that was probably the best performance just all around. I mean, you had the passing attack working pretty well. You had the rushing attack working really well and you had defense. I mean, when, when they needed a stop to, to bring the momentum back to Ricori, they got one, you know? And, and so, um, no, I definitely think it was a very, very good game for the Spartans. And I think that's the type of game you need heading into a game like this, where, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park. And you're also not sure what they're going to look like. I mean, if you're going to be honest, I mean, you played Hutchinson before, you understand kind of what, what they're like, but Grand Rapids, like you said, I mean, they, I mean, they played them last year, I know, but, um, but it's not an opponent that people are used to. I mean, they're so far North that it's just not a, it's not a game that you think is going to happen. So, um, so I think, I think it'll be a very interesting game. I'm interested to see what Grand Rapids looks like um, and, and just kind of go from there, but yeah, definitely a very good game last week and really enjoyed watching them. And that turf field is beautiful full just saying i know i've never seen i've never seen a turf field that literally has like logos and branding on like the home sideline like that's something that was a little unique too but yeah they're able to 
pull that off. I know the day before they were shoveling everyone, the entire football team shoveled off the field so they could finish the turf with the snow and the cold, which is hard to believe looking outside now today where there's no <laughs> snow anymore and it's like 40 something, but they almost didn't get a single home game this year. They thought they were going to get three. Um, and instead now they have a beautiful turf field that they can host a game like this, you know, a section final cause it is on turf. Um, I think that helps a lot. And yeah, I mean, going back to last week, yeah, the turnovers on downs they forced. I mean, Hutchinson wasn't able to do anything offensively for stretches of that game. Even special teams, they made all four extra points and they had a couple, you know, they had like a 60-yard punt to start the game too. I mean, it was just everything was coming up for Corey. It felt like one of those games that like they just were not going to lose on that home field the first time they played on it. But they're going to have to bring that same kind of effort and intensity. They're the number two team in 4A. Grand Rapids is number three. It's a shame we won't get to see either of them play Fridley, who's the number one seed that just seems amazing this year too. But um, this is this is how they're going to have to end their year. So um, I guess with all of that said, we'll get to our first picks of um, the podcast. Brian, what's going to be your pick for this game? Well, so the thing you need to understand about these picks is that Zach is currently in the lead. And he's at 31 and four this season. So he's been pretty much on a fire. Um, then Randy is at 29 and six. I'm at 28 and seven and Dave is at 25 and 10. So the only way, the only way that I can possibly get first place is by picking the teams that you don't pick. So it's, it's a challenge for me because like you said, I've, I, I didn't pick Ricori for a while. And then I finally picked Ricori and it's been helping me ever since. But this week, I got a feeling that you're probably going to pick Ricori. So I think I'm going to be going with Grand Rapids just to see if I can get in that first place spot. Nothing against you Spartans, but I'm just, I'm thinking that. But um, same with, uh, same with Randy. He's picking, he's picking Ricor or he's picking Grand Rapids as well. Dave is going with Ricori. So I guess, well, who do you have going? Well, you did guess correctly. I am picking Ricori since I just I can't pick against him until they lose. You know, maybe <laughs> especially this team. I mean, they are just so motivated. Um, like we said, they're on a 13 game win streak, fourth longest in the state. And Piers actually, who we'll get to in a little bit, has the second longest streak in the state too. So, a lot of great football in Central Minnesota right now. But um, they just I just see it really hard to lose, especially like I said, that success in the home field. Um, and in those, in those black jerseys since they've been wearing them and they just haven't lost in them, they just have kind of a different mojo on that home field. They want to protect that home turf. So um, I'm going to pick with Corey in that one. Yeah, it'll be a good game. That's for sure. And then also after that, we have the other section final, which is going to be Albany versus Piers, which we've already touched on a little bit so far. Um, with that game, Brian, it's going to be, like we said, a really good one a clash of, uh, you know, kind of similar styles, but like you said, teams that haven't met too many times in the past, uh, what's your pick going to be on this one? Yeah, I think for me, I, it's, it's hard because you see a team like Piers play Cathedral and I mean, Cathedral gave them a fight. I mean, that was a really good game to watch and you can definitely see that Piers is maybe a little bit, there's a couple of holes that you can maybe, you know, take advantage of in a sense. Um, but I, I mean, for me, like I said, it's hard because, like, I definitely I've been picking Albany all season. They're currently undefeated, so it's been helping me pretty well. Um, but I have a feeling that you're probably going to pick Albany. So I think I'm going to go with Piers just to make it interesting, just to make it interesting, see what happens. 
Um, but no, I definitely think it'll be a good game. And, and either way, I think it's just going to be a really, really good battle. I'm excited to see what this running, you know, run versus run is going to be like. Yeah, I am going to pick Albany in this one, just especially because, I mean, you never can, you know, when you have a similar opponent you play, it's always, you can't really compare that. That's not the only thing. But when Albany played Cathedral, they they put up 40, 50 points in the first half, if I remember right. Um, and they just were able to to kind of impose their will on them. Now, Cathedral did step it up a level, I feel like, in that game on Tuesday. But still, yeah, I mean, just that and just the way Albany's played this year um, and just has been able to put up 40, 50, 60 points whenever they want and force 10 turnovers. That's insane. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Albany and see if I can ride Ricori and Albany kind of into the sunset here, if they can give me the win. <laughs> and Rand, or Randy picked uh, Piers and uh, Dave is picking Albany. So two and two. There you go. Yeah, you we're both kind of splitting on those, which is fun. Usually I feel like all of us are kind of on the same page. But this last week, I feel like both you and Randy are just kind of going for it, which I appreciate. I love the effort. Got to get it. Got to get a tie at least. Try at least, you know. And then the last game we have, which won't be like for a section title, like I said earlier, um, but they're still going to be matching up a rematch of week two, which did not go the Sabres way, as Brian saw when he was up there uh, for a 48-6 game. But um, Sartell will be traveling to Bemidji. Um, it'll be the two versus three in section 8-5A. Um, and the Sabres, they're three and two right now, trying to trying to get you know up to four wins, which is just a huge jump after, you know, a one-win season last year and a couple winless seasons prior. Um, you got to see these two teams play before, Brian. Um, what's your take going to be on this game? It was – I mean, I will admit week two was when they faced off, and it was it was tough. I mean, Momiji just had, had their way pretty much from the very beginning, and um, there was really no looking back, which, which was tough to see just because – you know, Sartell got that win against um, Apollo in week one, and they were riding on that high of getting that first win, kind of relaxing, breathing a little bit, and then all of a sudden it's like, welcome to Bemidji. Um, so, but the other part is, is that these last couple of weeks, uh, last week they weren't able to play because Brainerd was on COVID precautions. Um, but the two weeks prior to that, they got a really nice win against Alexandria on the road, and then they got a, another win at home against Tech. And they've just been they've just been rolling, and um, I mean, honestly, I could have seen them beat Brainerd as well um, if that game actually happened. Uh, so right now they're high, they're on a two two game winning streak, and I think it's going to be a little different. I think it's definitely going to be more of a battle because they know what Brainerd or they know what Bemidji has in store. Um, but yeah, I think I think for me, I'm going to go with Sartell. I um, I picked them against Alexandria and. I got the win and went undefeated that week. So thank you Sabres for that. So let's just keep it rolling, you know, <laughs> another win and we'll just keep rolling. We'll get into this first place tie. And we'll wipe Zach off the road, you know? Dang. Wow. That escalated really quickly. <laughs> um, man. Um, yeah, no, I do. I do also think, like you said, yeah, the Sabres have shown they can pull off that upset when needed. Um, and they are a really talented team and um, they're running back. Ethan Torbrum said he just committed to Bemidji state this last week. Um, good to see him making that decision. Um, Division two school getting that kind of attention, but um, yeah, I think it will be a much better battle. Um, but having to go up to Bemidji again, um, I think it's going to be tough to come out with a win. I'm going to pick uh, Bemidji in that one. Um, so we are different in all three picks. So 
you did kind of read what I was going to do on that one. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Well, that's the fun part of this is we'll see on Friday night now um, how that's going to be. And we'll definitely update on SE Times um, on the website to, to let people know kind of how the picks are going and what the final standings are going to end up. And Randy and Dave both picked Bemidji as well. So I'm the lone Sartell person. But it is kind of funny. I will say this. It's kind of funny. Ethan is finishing up his senior year. At, at Memidji State University's football field, and he's a commit to Memidji State. So we'll see. I'm just saying, the cards are in all aligned. You know, the sun is going to hit directly. The moon is shining <laughs> in the sky. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, just saying. Man, that's that's very inspirational. I don't know how I can top that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that'll about wrap up our uh, football preview for um, coming up on Friday night. Now that we're going to have sections wrapping up, so we're going to take one more break, and then we when we come back, uh, we're going to touch on a couple things with St. Cloud State, um, and also what volleyball is going to look like to end their season too. So, like I said, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back. We're going to wrap up with just a couple news and notes kind of things here that um, didn't kind of fit in a full segment earlier in the show um, before we finish up this week's podcast. Um, one thing that I've been kind of focusing on this week a lot has been uh, St. Cloud State men's and women's hockey. Um, women's hockey was supposed to be having their home opener this Friday um, at home against Bemidji State, while the men's team is still prepping to go down to Omaha for that pod Um that has all eight teams in the NCHC, which St. Cloud State uh, men's hockey is a part of. Um, they're going to be playing 10 games each over three weeks, um, all in the same place, only going back and forth between the rink and the hotel um, to make sure that they can be healthy, um, they can follow COVID protocols, and that they can get games in. Um, and for a lot of, for about half of the teams, this is going to be the only time they, they face those other teams. They kind of put them in different divisions this year. Um, and once we get back to January, we'll have home games, you know, on the college campuses, but um, the difference will be that it's only going to be against about three different teams throughout those months. So um, they just, men's hockey, when I caught up with them yesterday, they just started their 10 day self-quarantine um, because they leave on, I think of the day now, days are all running together. November 28th is when they're leaving. Um, they started yesterday at 10 day self-quarantine where they're doing basically the same thing. They're going to the rink, they're going to their apartments. They're not seeing anyone else. Um, to make sure they can all be COVID negative for when they do leave um, for Omaha on the 28th. So they can start those first games on December 1st um, and make sure they're healthy and can actually play some hockey, which would be really cool to see, especially now we're not going to have high school. It'll be nice to have some sports going on. And and also um, for the women's, they were going to be playing their first game, like I said, this Friday and Saturday. Um, Those got canceled because of eight positive COVID tests within the program. Um, they're still kind of contract tr- contact tracing this week and kind of figuring out um, how many people will be healthy for next week. I know some had already been quarantining before this news came out. Um, so they're still trying to play a home series against, I believe, Mankato um, next Friday and Saturday is still on the schedule. So uh, both those teams, Division One programs, the only Division One programs we have in the St. Cloud area, um, trying to get seasons underway, both trying to stay healthy. Um, and make sports happen at the college level, which isn't going to happen until January anywhere else. A lot of schools have been releasing schedules, um, especially in the NSIC, which St. Cloud State is. 
uh, wrestling, men's and women's basketball, all those look like they're going to start up um, in January and kind of only play on the weekends throughout January, February, um, only conference opponents, all of that kind of stuff is still in the works, but hockey's trying to be the first one to make it go. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they can do that so uh, safely um, and also stay healthy throughout it. But um, that's about, I'd say that's the, the main college news right now. Um, fun to, at least I'm starting to kind of do my job again <laughs> as the college. What? what? I know. Okay. First time in about seven, eight months, I feel like I'm actually kind of doing my job more than like once every two or three weeks doing <laughs> something college related. When something gets canceled, that's about all I've done. Um, so actually getting to catch up with them and hopefully games will be happening soon is, is great to see. But um, that about wraps up college, Brian, with high school. One thing we didn't talk about too much earlier in the podcast was volleyball and how that's affecting um, our local schools. Do you want to just go a little bit more in depth with that before we wrap up today? Yeah. First, I will say that if since all the sports are going to be canceled, I'll probably be over at your place watching some of that uh, package that you got to watch uh, some of that St. Cloud State hockey because that, that sounds like a really fun time. So NCHC TV, all, all 40 games from the pod, all. I think it's, I can't remember. I put it on the company cards. I don't really have to worry about how. <laughs> uh, but so yeah. I, you, no, might, you might have a visitor. I'll just say that. So. Yeah. Now, and we'll both have had COVID, so it might be a little, little safer for you to drop by. <laughs> uh, but, um, but no, in any sense with, with volleyball, um, there are a couple days left of volleyball, obviously with the pause happening on Friday night. Um, with Sartell, they are going to actually have a section quarter or semifinals tonight um, and have the winners play each other and then the losers play each other. Um, and so, right, or so tonight, Sartell is actually the number four seed. So they will be traveling over to uh, Monticello um, tonight to do the first semifinal game. And then um, I believe it's Mamiji and Moorhead are playing each other. Um, against each other this tonight as well. So the winners will play each other tomorrow. The losers will play each other tomorrow. And that'll kind of wrap up, you know, the, who wins the section in a sense. Um, but there are one, there is one other game that's going on or match tonight that's going on. Tech is playing at Sock Rapids tonight at seven o'clock. Um, Apollo was supposed to play Wilmer, but that match got canceled. And then Ricori was supposed to play Moorhead, but that match got canceled, obviously, with um, this new section format that just got released. Um, and then tomorrow, um, Sartell will play someone um, tomorrow. And then um, Albany will actually be, <laughs> it's kind of fitting, but Albany and Cathedral will be getting off of their two-week um, their two week cancellation because of, I'm, I'm guessing because of COVID um, precautions and such, just because um it was a two week, two week pause, but it's fitting because they'll be coming back for one match on Friday night and it's Albany at Cathedral. So just kind of fitting how that all works out, but they'll be playing each other on, on Friday night to finish up their season at seven. And then Ricori will be at Fergus Falls at 7 PM tomorrow night as well. So, or not tomorrow night. Yeah. Tomorrow night um, as well. So, um, and then next week, like you were talking about with uh, football metros, volleyball metros will be will be happening as well. So definitely, I know we'll probably have another podcast next week just to kind of go through that. And then who knows? I mean, we might we might have a podcast every week and just kind of talk more college stuff. You know, with with hockey going on and stuff, we might we might try and do that. Um, otherwise, we might do a little bit of a pause and come back around Christmas time 
just kind of depends on what type of content we have for for you. We don't want to do a 15-minute segment. We, we'd, we'd like to at least do a half hour at least just to, you know, give you something to listen to on the drive on the drive home. So, um, but yeah, definitely stay tuned to St. Cloud or sctimes.com for different stuff. Like Zach's saying, he's going to be kind of starting up the coverage for college hockey, whether it's men's or women's. Um, and then for me, I mean, I'll be definitely doing some feature stories during this four week pause. So definitely be keeping up there. Um, and then, you know, sooner or later you'll blink and all of a sudden sports will be back again. So, you know, if we could, if we can, if we can hang off of uh, not doing an entire spring season, I think we can do four weeks of no winter sports. So, um, but yeah, it'll be, be very interesting, but I'm sure it'll be work out all well. So, yep. Yeah. And you know, if, if everyone else is going on a pause and that's the cool thing that people are doing now, I think we're okay to go on a pause for a week or two as well. But <laughs> like you said, we'll see. And just one note with volleyball too, um, Sartell, they did just play Brainerd um, and lost that match just the other night. And those two teams could match up again, Brainerd as the uh, the three seed in that new section tournament too. So it is Brainerd, not Mimiji. My bad. So it, it could be interesting to see. Um, they, they could see each other twice in the last week of the season, third time of the year too. Um, it, that'll be fun to see how, how they finish off their season as well. Yep. But yeah, with that, I think that about wraps up the show for today. So once again, thank you for everyone listening. Like we said, either next week or, you know, with Thanksgiving, it might be a little weird with what days we're off. It might even be the following week, but we will bring you another podcast talking about those all Metro volleyball and football teams. It'll be fun to get into depth on those, um, in a way we can't include in the story. We can kind of talk about some of the rationale, and who were some of the people that were just on the, you know, the cutting room floor, so to speak, um, that got left off. But we'll talk about all that and more. You can look for that coverage and also all our coverage um, tomorrow night. We're going to be writing about all the different football games since we're not only going to be at one, so we can write about them all. We can watch them, but we won't be <laughs> here in person. But once again, thank you for everyone for listening this week. Um, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>